Okay, guys, uh, before we start, I just want to point out that uh, exciting thing, I am giving this topic for the first time. In fact, I, 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 I first prepared it actually last night. Okay, are there more sheets? Some people ready for more sheets? Okay, just a second. And uh, there are two, good, two things that helped cause this. One is uh, my son Mordecai is here, and uh, one of the difficulties... One of the difficulties in being a rabbi's kid is somebody who say, I've heard every shir he's had to give, I'm just bored. So I had to prepare something new so he wouldn't be bored. And this topic also came up when I was learning with Shanibet while you guys were at the Discovery Program. So it was a good confluence of factors, and uh, we got here. The last word of introduction is that I, I'm quite impressed with Monty's poncho. It's really remarkable. Okay, he's, he's outdone himself today. Really impressive. Uh, I have to look at it more carefully. Okay, how much is the slit on the side? Sorry? Oh, how, how high up does the slit go? Less than half, less than half. So, uh, so in any case, here's what we discussed, guys. What halakhic ritual things are you allowed to do after you've had alcohol? Because obviously alcohol can impair your judgment. And you can ask, what about davening? What about benching? What about gurkat koanim? Some of you may know, okay, this is for everybody in Israel and the Sephardim and Chutzlaretz, that those that do Birkut Kohanim every day, okay, so what do you notice? They tend to never do it at Mincha, right? And the only time they might do it at Mincha might be on a fast day. And it's pretty, when you know the reason, it's all very obvious. Right? In a culture where there's more wine drinking, so what do you think? By the time you get to the afternoon, someone might have had wine already. And apparently, if you have wine, maybe you can't do Birkut Kohanim anymore. So, Shachos were pretty confident that the Kohanim have not yet had any wine, so we do Birkonim at Shachrit. Once we get to Mincha, we're concerned that they might have, and therefore we don't do it. So of course the logic follows, why might you then have Birkonim on a fast day? Because once again, on a fast day you're not afraid that the person has had any alcohol. Okay, so that already indicates the impact of the questions we're going to raise today. Okay, so let's see what we got here. So we'll start with the Gemara Brachot. I'm not sure if you guys all got here in Bikiyas, so maybe some of you did. So it's a very interesting Gemara Brachot because it says there's one biblical story which becomes the paradigm of tefillah. What biblical story is the paradigm of tefillah, Eli? Exactly, this is kind of interesting. Those of you who like, uh, you know, stand up for women, it is a women's prayer that is the paradigm. Ah, Ethan Singer, go tell everybody H.I.R. Okay, this is, uh, it's a women's prayer that is the paradigm of Dabi. Okay, most of the halachot of Shachrit emerge from Chana's tefillah and the Beit Magdash. Yes, Mati. I, I thought you were getting it with Avraham's sons, which is an example. Right? Avraham's sons. Sorry, Avraham. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean Avraham's sons. Uh, isn't there an opinion that they, they did the service drunk? And that was like the big fight. Ah, okay. Yes. But we'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. Yeah. okay? So here we go. Uh, so we might even point it out. Avraham Nuna. The Gemara even takes note of it. We're going to learn a ton of halachot from Chana. Here's one of them. If you read that Gemara, you saw there's many, right? Even the idea of a silent prayer of the Amidah comes from Chana. So it says, Eli thinks she's drunk. Okay, so we do have a Gemara that says a shikor can't pray. Okay, so one thing we see, now at least when it comes to Tfilah, there's some status called the shikar kandam, and obviously you need to define what a shikar is. Okay, so let's go to a different Gemara in Irvin. So the other one, Irvin says, Amrabba Barchana, Shatui al Yitpalel. If you've drunk, don't daven. Vimitpalel, tfila to tfila. But if you did do it, Bidiyevid, your tfila works. Shikar al Yitpalel. Here's that word again. Vimitpalel, tfila to to eva. But when a shikar davens, his tfila 
is abomination. Right, so then obviously we have, wait, apparently there are different levels of alcohol consumption, right? There's a chatoy whose davening still works, even though we prefer, we prefer a chatoy, not pray. But then there's a deeper level when you're a shikar, and apparently with regards to a shikar, it, your tefillah is just a disaster. Okay, I guess you'd have to pray again when you sobered up. Okay, we don't really, we consider it abomination. Now, of course, the Lord's going to ask, how do you define shatoy and how do you define shikar? So the Gemara says, hechi dami shatoy, hechi dami shikar. Okay, Shanaov guys, what's the best translation of Hechi Dummy? Ah, uh, who said that? Isaac Kirshner, very good. Isaac's one of the hidden Talmud stars of the yeshiva. Okay, what is the case? What is the example? So, what is Shatoy and what is Shikar? Someone tells a story, but the story is going to involve the halachic information. Right, they were saying goodbye. Yufti, on the bridge of the river Yufti. I have no idea where that river is. If you're really curious, look it up in Jashro. Okay, Amru Kochad Minan, each one said, Let's all, you know, we'll, we'll end with a little like halachic vart. We'll say goodbye. There seems to be this idea. You say goodbye to somebody, give them like a little halachic uh, innovation, give them a halachic idea to say goodbye. And then he'll remember you. Right, it's a good way to, you'll stick in his memory. Patachad Vamar, so one says, now again, guys, that's all interesting, but it's nothing to do with our story. The only point is that that's going to get us to the difference between Shatoy and Shikar, because apparently that's what one of these sages said. Hechi dami Shatoy, hechi dami Shikar. Shatoy kol sheyachol ledaber lefnei hamelech. Shikar, kol sheeno yachol ledaber lefnei hamelech. Similarly, what shikar? Shikar is really somebody who's like wandering around inebriated, right? They can't really hold it together. It would be disrespectful for them to stand before a king. That's a shikar. Now, notice it's interesting because apparently Shatui, despite having had something to drink, apparently can be medaber lufnei melech. So I have to see exactly what the issue of Shatui is. Right? The shikar apparently can't hold it together. They might coherently get to an audience with a king. The shikar would not be able to do so. Now, it could be the omei lufnei melech is not. An accident here, guys, as a criteria. Where do we have that term of being omi lufnamelech? That's tefillah, right? Prayer. So it's not an accident, perhaps, that, oh, a shikar can't really pray because the shikar is not capable of being omi lufnamelech. If you can't go speak to the king, right? If you can't go speak to the president, so then you shouldn't be talking to God. So that's a shikar. And we still need to define a little bit more what a shatoy is. Okay, everybody good so far? Yeah? Okay, great. This is, yeah, Jonathan. Under the assumption that you can't even daven if you're um, shikor, so I, I I get that you don't have to be funny in mincha, but if people are drunk by mincha time, would they not even be able to daven at all? Mincha? Okay, that's a great question. So let's go a little bit further. What if we discover that even a shatui can't do mincha? Okay, okay, but that's a very good question. Guys, this is also a special topic for Caleb. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I would like to make a rule, guys, for life. Can I have a rule for life? If there is a guest speaker, and the guest speaker asks Yeshiva guys what your hobbies are, we do not want the, the second answer should not be whiskey, okay? Okay, maybe like the eighth answer, okay? But the, uh, okay, so I'm going to put that in the Yeshiva guy. Second answer should not be whiskey. Okay. Okay. Let's go now. So we, we need to define a little bit more. We... We, we need to define a little bit more uh, what, what Shatoy is. Okay. Now, every once in a while, uh, the most important source might not be a Gemara in the Bible, it might be in the Yushalmi. And here there's a very, very interesting Yushalmi in Trumot, of all places. 
Says the Yushalmi, uh, Abba Baravuna Amar. Oh, wait, who was it? Adin uh, Maskus is here? Oh, man. Okay. It, too bad. Guys, it's always a bad idea when I have an association with your name and then you're not your goalie. Okay, what? I was going to test him about Trumo. Yeah, he got it. Okay. Shatui al Yidpalel. Now, I realize the word shifts, but it's pretty much the Bavli, right? What does it say here? We'd prefer a shatoy, not Davin, but if he does Davin, what would it mean to feel a to tachnunim? Is that good or bad? It's good, it works. It's a good tachnun, it's a good supplication. Shikor al yitpalel, a shikor shouldn't Davin, but if he does Davin, to gidufim, his tefillah is like blasphemy. So even though the word shift, it's basically the same idea as the Bavli, right? The Shatoi, we prefer you not praying, but the prayer works. The Shikar, his prayer doesn't work at all. So, uh, is it possible that this is talking about um, someone to the Amud? Uh, why, why do you want to say that? I don't know. If, I remember that there was a Brachos was talking about, like, all the, we were worried that Look, it's an interesting suggestion, but I, I think the default would be just to omit anybody's prayer. Okay, so next. Taman Ami. Oh, sorry. Ezu Shatui. But now things are get a little bit better. Because what the Bavli keeps saying, Shatui just means you can't, you can speak before the king. So you might wonder, what makes you Shatui at that point? So now the Gemara says, Ezu Shatui, Kol Shashata Rivi'it. Wait, that's very different. A reviet of wine is like 86 milliliters. So I think many of us in the room could drink a reviet without getting particularly, you know, unless you have low tolerance, you're probably not particularly drunk. So it almost seems like shatoy, we somehow object to davening after shatoy, even though you're not really inebriated. Right? Shikar is someone who's fully inebriated. Right? But shatoy uh, sounds like, it's almost like this formal din. Once you've had a reviet of wine, we don't want you to pray. But that's why if he does pray, it works, because he's not really drunk. Okay, so the whole thing of Shatoy is a little bit surprising here. Like why but that I think that works for Jonah's point about Birkhaklan. Because what are we saying? Maybe we're not really afraid that the average Jew is drunk at Mincha time. He's not Shikar, but we suspect he's probably or maybe Shatoy. Right, especially in the culture I I point this out all the time, guys. Right? We live in a world of like eighty thousand soft drinks. Most of human history was not like that. You basically had four drinks in your whole repertoire, right? You had wine, beer, milk, and water. And if your water supply was contaminated, right? So we're really cutting down on what you could have to drink. So naturally, in such a society, you're going to drink more. You're going to drink more wine. So I think the place you encounter today, some of you may even get it, is if I know you're traveling like France or Spain, where there might be a sense that the average lunch, you break out a bottle of wine. Most of us in America do not live in such a culture. But like the average lunch, you break out a bottle of wine. But I, I think, again, I'm not an expert on this topic. Caleb, sounds right? Okay, but uh, but I, I believe like in France and Spain, that would be the norm. Okay, so maybe the time you get to Mincha, the guy might have had a review of wine. And he's not a shikor, but he's a chateau. Perhaps that's why we don't want him to do a birkat kwanim. Micah. I just want to say that this qualification would work for almost any other type of alcohol. Okay, that's a very good question. I'm not going to address it today, but actually, we might address it a little bit. Mike raised an excellent question. Hey, Jonah. Okay, Mike raised an excellent question. Is there anything special about wine? Or is it just a question? No, anything that causes drunkenness is exactly the same thing. Whiskey, vodka, it's all the same. Okay, so we'll have to figure that out. That's a very good question. Okay, yeah, Ira. So, can we say that there, there might be like a split? 
the sense that like, why you're not able to do it, but to a certain extent, you either you have the physical ability to say the words, or is it because you come off as, in a sense, disrespectful? Excellent. Excellent, Ari Because okay. I would say that like, the Russia, like, Toleva, sounds like it's more of a sense of, like, becoming a disrespectful. Okay, that was terrific. Okay, so Ari is a natural-born Lombard. He says, so really, what's the fundamental question? Which value am I violating? What is the issue with having alcohol and then dominating? And maybe if we have different models, the different models could help us understand what's really going on here. Yeah. I think it makes sense that it would be based on the, um, like, you know, if you look, like, stupid, sort of, because we mentioned specifically in front of a king, mm-hmm. I feel like we would just use different words there. You would just use different words for... We would probably just use different words for the, uh, like, as to, like, what level you would be. So, like, we would just say, if you can't say it, then... You know, ah, you say that's how we would define she card today, yeah. is what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Caleb. Um, does this apply uh, just to like a formal prayer, like like meet up or like channel, whatever it is? We're gonna find that out. Uh, wait, right. So far, very good, Caleb. Okay. Sorry, Caleb, you're, you're, you're gonna get like eight jokes today, Caleb. Sorry. <laughs> Obviously, this topic hits close to home, Caleb. Okay. So, uh, so we're gonna try it again, right? So far, we've had just tefillah. At some point, right? Just tefillah and both of them, correct? I'll you put it right. At some point, you got to get beyond tefillah and ask: Is there something unique to tefillah? Or would kriyach might be the same thing? Would bracha? Oh, let me just actually clarify. You probably all know this already, but when the Gemara says tefillah, what is kind of stam tefillah? The amida. Everyone got that down? I know our prayer has all kinds of other things. It has tachanun. It has aleinu. It has birkat shachar. But when we say tefillah. The essence of tefillah is the shmon esrei. The amida. Okay, so you're right. If the Gemara keeps saying tefillah, you could ask, what about a different kind of prayer? That is an excellent question. All right, Eitan. I'll take you even a step further and ask, what about, with like, little Torah? Are you gonna... Ah, very good. So we're going to see something, guys, which is, you see, there's a really interesting... Oh, you know, Eitan, Caleb, you've got a whole safer on this topic. Okay, it'll be great. Drunkenness in the halakhic system. Okay. Oh, there's actually, I, 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 make, I, I make a literary reference no one's going to get, but I make it anyway. Okay. Has anyone ever read any Graham Greene? Graham Greene was an English novelist. So Graham Greene is a famous novel, his name escapes me. But the hero of the novel is the whiskey priest. He's the priest who likes whiskey. Okay, that's the hero of the novel. What, what is it? Yes, the power and the glory, thank you. Okay, uh, see, so we've got an educated man in the audience. Okay, so uh, the power and the glory by Graham Greene. So, Caleb, it's obvious what should happen now. A Jewish novelist should write about the whiskey rabbi. Right, that is obvious, right? Okay. Okay. So, in any case... Ah, so this is... What have I raised so far? We've talked about davening, birkat koanim, other brachot, and tefillot. But we didn't get to Torah yet. So as far as I know, there is no discussion of learning while you're drunk. But there is a discussion of paskining while you're drunk. Like maybe a rabbi can't make a halachic ruling while he's drunk. But it is interesting. I've never seen a source till now that is worried about learning when you're drunk. Apparently, you can learn when you're drunk, guys. So even if this perm, you're inebriated, and someone says, let's learn some mayashilach together, go for it. Okay, there apparently does not seem to be an issue of Talmud Torah while you're drunk. There is an issue of rendering halachic ruling while you're drunk. Yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense considering the fact that uh, you know, you wouldn't be able to do it in front of the king, so it's about talking, good, you know, good. having respect. Yeah, very good. Learning is just for yourself. Okay, no, he's right. There's a reason why we would be more machmer and tefillah than Tamatara. Ah, Eitan Zenger, another pro-women's issue. You ready? It's really great, guys. When people want to know, this is really interesting, actually. When people want to know whether women could render halakhic rulings, 
one of the most important sources from this topic. Because uh, you guys don't know, there's a book called the Sefer HaChinuch that goes to all 615 mitzvot. If you ever read Sefer HaChinuch, the last thing he does is he explains when this mitzvah applies, where it applies, and to whom it applies. Okay, so he'll say, this is a mitzvah for men and women. Or this is a mitzvah just for men. Well, good so far, guys? Okay, so there's a prohibition in the Torah. This Mati's right, right after the Dev what's the prohibition? Don't make halacha rulings when you're drunk. Okay, with me so far? You might think it's not going to be the most exciting piece to say Chinuch. What does the Chinuch say in the last line? This mitzvah applies to men and women. So what can you infer from there, obviously? Obviously, it's possible that women can make halacha rulings. Otherwise, you wouldn't say that this mitzvah... Isn't that cool? So, what, what the, so it's so interesting. Like one of, the, one of the best sources that a woman could be a, a halacha decisor <laughs> is like a backhand comment in the middle of a discussion of being drunk. Okay, that, that's where it comes... But it still emerges, right? Sefer Chinuch obviously envisions women making halacha rulings. Yeah. We're going to discuss for a second, okay? Yeah. Answer is right. We're, when we get closer to Purim, the will have a discussion about different opinions about getting drunk on Purim. Those that are against it, one thing they might say is, you're going to mess yourself up halakhically because you won't bench properly and you won't say marv afterward. So we will get to that. Okay, yeah, Mark. So in general, are you able to um, answer, say, like the, the cousin, like a reader? Does that count as Okay, so here's the very interesting question. We, there's a little bit of a tension here in the halakhic system, which goes as follows. Who's I just learned you with? Was that all Shana or just one of you? Oh, it was you, Boaz, right? It was our Chavut yesterday, I think. Yeah, okay, that's true. I guess you couldn't know until I say what it is. There's a little bit of a, I thought you had prophetic powers, Boaz. Okay. So there's a little bit of a tension because there's an idea in Yushalmi that tefillah was never meant to be outsourced. There's something very personal and very individualized about tefillah. So even though in other contexts we have no problem with A being Motsi B, I'll give a very simple example, guys. Don't we all do that on Kiddush on Friday night? Like, when's the last time in your house everyone said, no, no, I insist on making my own Kiddush? Right? No, one person makes Kiddush for everybody, and we're perfectly fine. So we don't tend to think of Kiddush as, oh, it's a personalized endeavor. Everybody should say their own Kiddush. But there is an idea that tefillah is like that. We really don't like the idea that you're going to say tefillah for me. I think we all understand this. There's something intimate and personal about tefillah. But now, wait, but the whole institution of Chazar Hashat, what was the main motivation? People who don't know how to pray on their own will then be able to just listen to the Chazan. So it sounds like Chazal tried to navigate this tension, A, the desire for everybody to pray, B, what if people are not knowledgeable, and I think what they tend to paskin is you should really only rely on Chazar Hashat's if you're what's called an enobaki, meaning who should rely on Chazar Hashat's? Someone who really doesn't know. If you really don't know, this is your only game in town, so we'll, we'll bend the rules a little bit and let you be out It sounds like, if I'm a microfight, man, I'm a perfectly knowledgeable fellow, and I'm just tired one day. It sounds like we don't want Micah to say, well, I'm not dominating the private Amidah, I'm just going to listen to the Chazan. Okay, so I'm not sure, besides someone who doesn't know what else, when else this would apply, but the norm would be we only want Chazar to shots for the Enobaki. Okay? Keith Nelson, how's it going there? Okay, any distractions today? Okay. What? He's going to confirm there's no distractions? Yeah. Okay, Michael Riskin, where's his girlfriend now? How do you know there's no distractions? What? Mati, go ahead. Yeah, I give it. It's okay. 
Okay, interesting. So let's see a little bit more. Okay, let's go back to Yishami. Before and guys, I'm sorry. I know it's overkill. Just I just can't resist. I'm in a good mood today. Okay, Akiva, don't let your girlfriend hang out with Caleb. He's a bad influence. Okay. <laughs> okay. So uh, okay. let's go back. Okay. Ken, you might set a record. I never made fun of a person like seven times in the sheer quality before. Okay, we'll see if you go go, go for the record. Yeah, no. Ah, that's interesting. That's very interesting. Okay, we I said we don't really see an issue in terms of Talmud Torah. No one seems to be concerned. But we have seen issue in terms of making a halakhic ruling. So, no bothers. That's a really interesting question. Where would Kriya Torah fit in? So, I'm not going to answer it, but I just want to make a point. It's very interesting in general. Do we view Kriya Torah as just a form of Talmud Torah? Or is it some kind of different ritual endeavor? I understand my question? Which I think is a very interesting question. I can think of a lot of nafkim, you know. I'll give you a great one right away. Okay. In Kriyat Torah, we discussed this in my Ishtar Jerusalem on Sunday. Okay. What did the Gemara make? Ah, we'll get to this. Somehow women are coming up all the time here. Okay. What did we say there? That me strict law, women could get an aliyah, but for a reason called Kavarat Zibar, they decided not to? We're not, we're not discussing the details now. Do you want to look, look at a Megillah Chavkim? But, couldn't they be related questions now? Right? What a status of women having Kriyat Torah might be. Is Kriyat Torah just a form of Talmud Torah? Or is it something else? So I'm not answering the question, but I think it's a great question. Yeah, I had not thought of where Kriyat Torah would fit in. Okay, let's go back to Yushami. Okay, so Yushami says, he gave us a, tr- uh, a definition of Shatoi. What's Shatoi? You drank with it. Shikor Shashatayoter. Now that I thought was a little difficult, because if you had just a little bit more than it, also I don't see you as being particularly... Inebriated. But look what it says after that. Taman Amri, but there they said, oh, who can tell me why Taman means there? Okay, Quincy. Uh, it's the, apparently the Shin, you only Quincy, you knew that too, right? Excellent. Guys, the Shin tough rule apparently works with Yushalmi Aramaic also. So Taman is just Sham. Okay? So Taman Amri, there they said, Kol She'eno Yachol Ah, so this point things seem pretty good because now the Ushami has also adopted the Bavli criteria. So now we, it sounds like we, we've got it all down, right? What's Shatoy? You had a review of wine. You might not be drunk, but you had a review of wine. What's Shikar? You actually had so much that we'd be embarrassed to have you present before the king. Two seconds, guys. Now, because my favorite part of the whole thing again. Okay. Rabzeira Bai Kumi Ravasi. Shikar Mahu Sheyivarech. What if the Shikar doesn't want to dive in? but wants to make brachot. Now, if you stop the question right here, it sounds to me like we're talking about all brachot, right? Maybe all brachot are somehow different than tefillah. But the answer focuses very much on Birkat Hamazon. So it becomes a question how I should read this Yushalmi. Amr Le, what was his answer? V'chalta v'savata uve'rachta. You ate and you were satiated and you benched. V'afilu middumdam. Even if you are not fully with it. Now, I think, in theory, this is a fascinating svara. Why might be inebriation might be better in a Birkin Muslim context? 
Because what's the whole idea of benching, guys, right? I just had a good meal, and now I'm benching. So maybe even if I had too much to drink, it's still reflective of <coughs> I am post-meal, right? It fit, there's no reason, like davening is not this post-meal endeavor, but benching is a post-meal endeavor. So maybe it makes sense, okay, obviously in the ideal world you wouldn't be drunk, but you could say that's exactly where, who should be benching, someone who's just had a really nice meal that might have included some alcoholic beverages. Now again, I'm not saying it's the only way to reduce shalmi, but I was excited that made one way to reduce shalmi. But then it seems to me it would be just a Birkat Amazon heter. The Birkat Amazon in particular is the carryover from uh, from a meal, and that meal could involve alcohol. I guess I'll take more comments in one second. I just want to say, those who really find this topic fascinating, I'm not going to do it right now, but you really have to read the next three lines of Yushalmi also. It's just they're quite confusing, and I'm cheating by skipping them for now. Okay, but if you really, if you want to, Caleb, before you write your safer <laughs> on the Whiskey Rabbi, you have to read those more than three lines of Yushalmi. Okay, so I told you one thing very quickly, guys, uh, in the Me'iri, because the Me'iri has exactly the tension I just mentioned. This is the Me'iri and Anakamar and Irvin. Can we go to the third line, please, in the Me'iri? Can we see the third line? Umikomakom, says the Me'iri, Shatui Mevarech Alamazon Lechatchila. Now notice, he says Shatui and not Shikar, but fine. A Shatui could bench. Ho'il Val Iske Achila Vishtia Hiba. Isn't it a little bit similar to Maisar? Although he's saying it for a Shatui, not a Shikar. What's the claim? Why would we buy by a Shatui who just had a review of wine? That's what he's supposed to do. He's eating lunch, right? So why would we be bothered? But look what he does now, though. What did the mirror just do, though? Now he kind of moves away from my svar. Okay, guys, I glossed over one thing, but I did mention it, right? He doesn't seem to be as far as you show me that he'll let a shikar bench. But he will let a shatoy bench. Now you might say, what's the big deal? No, because in tefillah, what did we say? A shatoy shouldn't daven, only but the ebed doesn't work. What does he want to claim about benching? But here my svar really makes sense. Right? You're going to complain that he had a cup of wine. He just had lunch. That's the whole point. You're not going to complain about that. However, how do you see he moves beyond my lunch svar? Because he then says true about all brachot. It sounds like I want to make a brach on a rainbow and I'm shatoy. What's the din? Go ahead. Everyone agree with that? Once you're saying that, it's no longer my svar. So I want to give two readings to Yushalmi. Whether the Yushalmi is about shikar or about shatoy, one reading is unique to benching. Benching, by definition, comes from a meal, and therefore having had something to drink should bother us less. Or, if I say it's all brachot, that can't be the svar. The svar might just be somehow all brachot have a different status than tefillah. Okay, do I know I've been waiting a while? Let's see some comments. Joe Nuziel. Um, that doesn't bother me so much because the assumption would be that, like, we have set times of the day for tefillah, right? Mm-hmm. But for any other bracha, it could be like, oh, I could be you're saying in, with tefillah it's easier to navigate that there's no intersection yeah. is that true okay, you know but what about I know exa- I, I, the opportunity to make any given bracha let me ask you a question though it's very interesting what about bracha rishonan food where do you think that should fit in I don't know. I don't know. I'm just thinking out loud. Well, I would think. I mean, if you're, you know, let's say you're not eating bread. Yeah. Um, and you're just gonna say, you know, bread and gefen, and then you're gonna say shachol. Like that. That would, that would be still fine to me because you would. I mean, 
All right, think about it. Think about it. All right, who else did it end up? Isaac. Well, Isaac, you're not allowed to make two comments in one chair, Isaac. Yeah, good. Um, according to like your <coughs> there seems to be like an in between stage between Zikor and Zikor. He says Zikor is having a piece of wine, but then Zikor is having a talk with King. Okay. Zikor just be having more than a piece of wine. Oh, very good. So, well, notice there was a position like that. Yeah, no, the first position you saw me was that, right? Shikor, Sheshatayoter. Only Taman brings in Eni Echudav So I'm not saying you're wrong, but really there, there was a position on your side. Okay, Eitan. Does Rekak Kwan in Kavaz Abrach, or is that part of the field? Because according to this, you took this. Oh, very good. Excellent question. You guys are really excellent today. We're going to try to figure out why Birkonia might be separate. Because Eitan's saying, wait, you're using the word Brachot. After all, it's called Birkat Kwanim. It sounds pretty much like uh, this should be, uh, you know, a regular Bracha. Uh, I'm just curious one thing. Jojo and Eli, when you come to Israel and you're already used to saying Birkonim every day, does like it strike you as anything different or not at all? Not in the slightest. Wow, no culture, no religious culture shock for you guys. Wait, but you didn't. Uh, you know why? That know what that proves to you? That proves that Flappish is now like ninety-five percent Syrian. Because otherwise, otherwise you would know that Ashkenazim don't do it every day. Ah, got it. Oh, that was the culture shock. Hey, you Ashkenazim have finally caught on. We, we do this every day. Uh, okay. Yeah, Noah. Well. Again, I'm not sure. It's a little bit hard to define, but the Gemara keeps coming back to So I guess I would ask you, like, when we use the word high, could such a person stand before the king or not? Right? Again, I'm not sure how to exactly define it. Okay. Yoni. The mystery man. Oh, Yoni Kran's amazing. Okay, he's another hidden star. Hidden because he's so mysterious. Okay, let, I'm going to stop questions for one second. What? So many references. To it's true. Today's a good day. Izzy, are you comfortable with having lost the mysterious title? Yeah. Okay, good. Okay. <laughs> what do you think, guys? Was, was that a convincing yes or not so convincing? Uh, okay. <laughs> Very good. Okay, well, right, so we'll take more questions in a minute. Okay, let's just get to Ari Berman's point, which also touches on what Yoni just said. Let's go, now we want to know, what are the rationale? And obviously that's the most fundamental question. Why is it? And then you can try to figure out what the scope of the law is, if you know what, what the reason is. So look at the Rambam on the bottom. Rambam is very helpful here. Shikar al Yipalel. Why can't he show Shikar Davin? Mifnesha ain lo kavana. There it is. He says it's very simple, right? Davening is about having good intent, about understanding what you're saying. If you're drunk, you can't think straight. No, nothing deeper than that. Right, that is the problem with davening. Now, at that point, I think we could all say a svara. I think you guys will all get it. Why might this not apply to brachot, guys? Yeah, what if I say that brachot doesn't require the level of intent of davening? Isn't it true in our tradition that we tend to talk about kavanah more in a tefillah context than other contexts? Right, we seem to be very into kavanah for davening. That seems to be essential. Other things, it might be all right. You didn't have such great kavanah we could get by. So again, so one possibility, okay, guys, two more minutes for questions. One possibility here is, we now know what the problem with davening is. The problem is you need kavanah. A shikar can't have kavanah. And we can also understand why maybe the Meiri suggests that we can be more lenient with all brachot, because with all brachot, the level of kavanah required is not 
of the same severity. Everybody good so far? Okay, but now we get to the great Yoni Kransvar. Okay, but great there modified Svar. Okay, let's go to the Nitziv. Okay, so the Nitziv says, right, ah, so I always point out, guys, the Nitziv or Shiva Lajan, even though he's Rosh Hashiva, he is more known for his parish on Chumash than his parish on Gemara. Again, guys, his parish on Chumash is called the Hamek Davar, excellent perush. But little known is he also has a parish on Shas called Meromesa De. Okay, you get extra points if you could figure out why someone named Naftali would call his sefer Meromesa De. I don't expect anyone to know it, but you could check with my son after share. Okay, so now let's look at the Meromesa De. Shat why shouldn't you daven? You only had a reviet. Arguably here, you're not even inebriated. Look what he says. Umishum didami Ah, things just got interesting. Maybe there's certain heightened... Right, we know that we're often very strict about the Beit Right, Beit is not just any ritual area. It is this specially sanctified ritual area. And maybe at that point, the criteria will get tougher. And even if someone's not inebriated, just had a review of why, and we won't let them do things. And now we have a great possibility. Now, before we get to the Nitziv, because the Nitziv went a step further than I wanted, we could go with the only Kuranzas approach. Why would Birkut Kohanim be different than Burpreates? Because what would we have a real sense of? Birkut Kohanim is patterned after Avoda in the Megash, right? No one thinks Burpreates is patterned after Avoda in the Megash. So that would make Birkat Kohanim different. Hey, thought he had a great shot. Why it's different than the regular Bracho? So, but notice what the Nitzit did. He's even more clever, right? We just, Yoni Kranz had a great Svara for Birkat Kohanim. What's he actually applying it to? Davening. Now, we all know that in the one Bracho it says, Tefillah is either Kineged Avot or Kineged Karbonot. So we have another possibility here. Maybe it's not that Tefillah has heightened Kavana that makes it different. What makes you feel different is because it's a Beit Mikdash type endeavor. Now, now I'll take questions, guys, but I think now we're really get to the heart of Ari Bimmer's question. Right? We are trying to figure out why we're stricter in Tfilah and how large the scope of that should be. So we now have two possibilities. According to the Rambam, Tfilah is a problem because you're just not going to have good Kavanah. And at that point, we'd have to say it's different than Brachot because... Bracho doesn't demand the same level of kavanah as tefillah. So that is one approach to the entire sugya. But now the Nitziv has opened up a totally different approach to the sugya. It's not so much about heightened kavanah, it's about where are we trying to model ourselves after Avoda in the Beit HaMikdash. Avoda Mikdash has strict criteria. So therefore, oh, so first of all, we solve Eitan's problem. We now could differentiate between Birkat, Kohanim, and other brachot. Other brachot, right? again, it's a beautiful bracha on thunder and lightning. No one says you're modeling yourself after the Mikdash when you make such a bracha. So we wouldn't have the heightened criteria, but Birka Kohanim is that way. But then it said very cleverly says that could also be why tefillah is different. Okay, guys, so we now have two paths in the sugya. Is tefillah different because tefillah is heightened kavanah? Or is tefillah different because it has a beta Mikdash avodah element, which will obviously impact how much we expand uh, these demands? Okay, Quincy. Okay, although 
your question about why the bracha midar are different, we, we've kind of already given two answers, right? right so I'm saying that yeah. that's Okay, fine, fine. All right, Elion. Uh, do Okay, not, not bad, not bad. Caleb, um, once again, your favorite time for Caleb. <laughs> okay, I think we're up to six, six. now. Six, six now. Yeah, good. Um, here when we're talking about the voter, does it refer to anything done in the beta midrash, even like the Oh my God, was that a great question? Excellent, Caleb. That was a great question. Not even connected to your interest in whiskey. Okay, haven't got to read you said. You guys are really, get, really getting it. Okay, what makes something an avodah? Did anything that ha- obviously I'll take it to an extreme. Not everything that happened in the Beit Hamikdash is an avodah. Like let's say, who are two koanim here? Who do we have here? Okay, let's say Isaac and Jonathan Wayne. Great. So Isaac and uh, Jonathan Wayne are on one week in the Beit Hamikdash. They're doing the avodah. And uh, they're both intellectually curious people. So Isaac says to Jonathan Wayne, Jonathan, great to see you. What interesting Chinese novels have you read this week? <laughs> okay, so presumably that's a very nice conversation. But the fact that it took place in the Beit Mikdash does not make it an avodah. Now, obviously, that's an extreme scenario. But what if there's something he did that was even part of the ritual life, but is somehow not essential? So that is a great question. I'm just going to give you one example, just food for thought. We're not going to get into it too much today. Okay, in general, a Yisrael, right, a non-Kohen can't do avoda, right? A Yisrael can't sprinkle the blood. A Yisrael uh, can't do a bunch of other things. Anyone know one thing Yisrael can do? No, actually, you know, it's, it's open to everybody. Izzy. Excellent. How did you know that, Izzy? You just got to know some things. Okay. Mati. Would you get the reference if I made a Monty Python reference, or you wouldn't get it? What if I said there's some things you need to know if you're the king? Would you get that? Yes. Okay, great. Okay. <laughs> Quincy, did you get it? No. Oh, Quincy. Okay, so uh, in, in, in any case, uh, Izzy just isn't very good. A Yisrael can do Shrita. There's a Gemara that says, Shrita, Kshera Bazaar. What would it mean, Kshera Bazaar? Who's a czar in this context, guys? No, no. A non Kohen. But now, there's a Gemara that has an even sharper formulation. Okay, if you guys are interested in Kachim, uh, this is for Yodi Kranz. He loves Shrita. Okay, investigate this. There's a Gemara that says, Shrita lav avodahi v'kshera bazar. That's your interpretation? quote? I'm sorry, I shouldn't have let you say it. Wait, is that, did that come up in Chul? Uh, yeah. Terrific. Now, isn't that just, that's a stronger claim, right? Now, here you get a very interesting question, right? What do I say? I say, Shrita is an avodah. It just happens to be allowed for Yisrael to do it. It's an unusual avodah. Or, wait, if Yisrael does it, that basically tells you it's not an avodah. But that would be a better example than my interchange between Isaac and Jonathan. Because certainly shkita is a halachic deed. It's not like just saying hello and passing the time of day. But maybe even if it's a halachic deed taking place in the mikdash, that doesn't make it 
an avodah. So I'm not answering his question, but I'm just praising his question. Caleb is right. If we say it's the avodah quality that raises the standard, you might try to figure out, well, what things in the Mikdash are avodahs, what are not avodahs. Yes, Ezra. Ah, here we go. So now we'll get to the most interesting part. Okay, I'm not sure how much work we can get to do inside. Let me just see if I can find one line for this. Okay, everybody go to the back page. Okay, and now some of you may know, he's, he, he's really like a quiet man who deserves more credit in life. That one of the Rashiwai was a man named Rev. Heshi Reichman. Okay, didn't somebody meet him? One of you Shanbek guys met him? No? Okay, so he doesn't have such a popular year. He doesn't have so many fellows in this year, so people don't know about him. But he puts out Svarim of Rav Salvechik's Torah on Varys Masechto. So he's done a very nice job of uh, promoting more Rav Salvechik Torah out there. Those are these red books called Rishimotchirim. I don't know if any of you have ever seen it. Okay, so if you, if you ever see it for Rav David or Rav Gav, quotes Rishimotchirim from the Barilan, that is Rabbi Reichman's handiwork. He should get credit for that. So look in, we're not going to do the whole thing, but look in Vihine Bedin Shikar B'Kriyachimah. It's the third paragraph. Okay, guys, see that? Third paragraph in Rosalavichik, yeah? Vihine Bedin Shikar B'Kriyachimah Brachot. What about Kriyachimah and other Brachot? Ayin B'Chdushe Ramban Shekatav. I didn't have a chance to look up this Ramban, but I assume it's being quoted accurately. Aval Inyan Shikar V'Shatoy Nearly She'ein Brachot B'Chlal Chomer Zeh. Brachot are not part of this. Chumrah. It's unique to tefillah. We're not so worried about how much you had to drink when you're making brachot or kriyat Why not? He says, well, look at all the gemara. What are the gemara in brachot and the gemara in Erevin talk about? <coughs> only tefillah. Neither of them extended it. Right? The only one who asked the question of extension was the Ushalmi. Next. Now, that's just a halakhic position. We need a rationale now. But the Ramban is convinced that this is tough for Bufila, uh, but not an issue for Brachot and Shema. Johnny, has this topic for you? Good. Good, yeah? Do you ever like a little wine with your salmon? I don't drink at all. Okay, there we go. Just a, a man of sterling character. Okay. <laughs> So says the Ramban, Notice he doesn't go with the Avodah track, he goes with the Kavanah track, like the Rambam. But look, what he's, look what phrase he throws in. And before we go on to other proofs, something really interesting emerged, guys. I, I love to make this point because it's a crucial logical point. Sometimes we're trying to figure out how stringent to be, we get caught in one category. The only category we want to know is, is it the Raita, is it the Rabban, is it Minuk? Obviously, that plays a major role in how stringent to be. But you also have to ask not just what level it is, but what's the content of what I'm doing. And the content of what I'm doing might mean that in a given scenario, a Rabban could be more than a Raita. See, here is a great example. Okay, you know I'll get to you in two minutes. Here is a great example. According to most interpretations, what kind of mitzvah is Shema? What level is it? Shema is the Raita. Again, if I don't know, like the Rambam, what level of mitzvah is tefillah? The Rabban. So here, I think you guys are thinking, so it's a no-brainer, right? Obviously, the standards for Shema should be much higher than the standards for tefillah. After all, it's the right verse. But that, again, I think that's too narrow a view of the world. Saying the only relevant question is the right to the Rabbanan minhag. Why might I say that tefillah is more stringent criteria than Shema? Well, think about what I'm doing. What am I doing in tefillah? 
I am standing before the king and dialoguing with God. As much as we might like Shema, is there any sense of dialogue in Shema? Not at all. Shema is much more an affirmation than a dialogue. Like, we don't make requests of God. We don't even really praise God. Right? Think about the second paragraph of Shema. What's it about? Here's the impact of doing mitzvot. Here's the impact of not doing mitzvot. Very nice, but there's no dialogical component. There's no standing before the king. So one could easily argue, I don't care that tefillah is the Rabbanan and Shema is the I raise the level because only tefillah has this sense of Omid Melech. So I think it's important to realize, right, we could have thought tefillah is more chamur only because of the avoda theme. I think you could stick with the kavana theme and still work with it out very well, right? The Rambam said the issue was kavana. Here the Ramban says the issue is kavana. And notice the Ramban mentions Omid Melech. So it works out very well. Oh, we love Kriyat Shema. You're not dialoguing in Kriyat Shema. So we don't have to have the same kind of kavanah you would need. Or again, if you say it's inappropriate to be inebriated before the king, so in the Amidah, you're before the king. In Shema, you're not before the king. So we could be relaxed in standards. Okay, Mati. Um, with, with the understanding of the expanding, like, Nefas Khanim to Twitter, but presumably you still say there's a difference, because otherwise, I don't know how to Okay, so I, I don't know if I'll have a chance to get to it, but Mati's raising an interesting question. We're now differentiating tefillah and brachot and shema, and we've done it according to both levels, both paths, right? Either tefillah is avodah, all these other things are not avodah, or tefillah is where kavana really matters, where it's omen l'femelech, and all these things are not true. It's interesting to say, where does birkat kwanim play in? I think most of you are thinking, oh, Birkin would have the Avoda aspect, but might not have the Omid Lifnam El Kavana aspect. Okay, so if I have time after all these questions, we'll see a Rambam. Does Birkin Kwanim actually play out like Tvila, or does Birkin Kwanim not play out like Tvila? I was saying it would have to be stronger. No, I understand. Okay, I what you're saying. Okay, you want to end up over there? Adin. Adin, we, I needed you before. I was looking for an expert on your Shalmi Trumot, and you were nowhere to be found. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Oh, man. Rena wasn't in class yesterday. I couldn't check with her. Okay, how many people... Look, guys, we need to check this out, guys. It's part of my surveys of modern Orthodox education. Okay, just a show of hands. How many people in this room could easily list the Shisha Sidri mission? Um, uh, about half, right? About half of you. Okay. Jake Weinberg, they didn't teach that in Shell Habit? Not easily, Jake. Oh, okay. <laughs> you think you could do it with difficulty? Yeah. Is it, am I putting you on the spot if I ask you to try? Okay. Uh, all right. Leo Bonner, can you do it without any problem? Go for it. Okay, you have to quit start. You got the first two? Zra Moed. Nashim. Excellent. Oh. Excellent. Guys, I can make one point. I know in life most of us don't love to memorize things, but there's certain things you just need to know to be an educated Jew. So just memorize the Shisha Sidri Mishnah, guys. It's not so many items, it's six. There's even a nice mnemonic device, Isman Nakat, right? Zra, Moy, Nashim, Nisikim, Kachim, Taro. You can't leave Yeshiva this year without knowing the Shisha Sidri Mishnah, okay? That is like a basic piece of knowledge for a knowledgeable Jew, okay? But then, this is what I asked the Jim the other day. Right? Sometimes there's discrepancy where there's Bavli and where there's Yushalmi. So I said to him, one of the six therein 
as you show me, and does not have double. Now, even if you guys have no idea which it is, since you're all quite intelligent, just think logically for a second. Okay, actually, I want someone who didn't know the answer, who just can figure it out logically. Okay, which Seder of the six has Yushalmi, but it's not a Babli? Excellent, Caleb. This is rhyme. Okay, why? Because they wrote Gemara about the things they were practicing. If you lived in Pumpadita Narda, you were not worried about Shemitah. That was not a major player for you. Or Trumot Masrot. But if you lived in the land of Israel, you were worried about it. So notice, we looked at Yushalmi Trumot before, what if I said, let's see what it says in the Bavli Trumot? What should you say to me? There's no such thing as the Bavli Trumot, right? The Talmud Bavli did not cover the agricultural Masechah. Okay, it did. Now. Well, that was a great question. You guys, really, you've been very impressive today. It's good. Eli's mom can go home and press. <laughs> okay, that, that was very good. Okay, we, in the Gemara times, they used to say, if you dominate, you know you don't have Kavana, you should go back and do it again. What is, it's very interesting, actually, that this happened. I should check what century it happened. What's the contemporary Pesach? We're not so confident you're going to have Kavana the second time anyway, so just let it go. Okay, so there seems to be a sense of the growing difficulty in having Kavana. So it is curious, would that have any impact on these halachot? That's a very good question. Okay, yeah. I think that your Ahavamina that historizer with far more stringent and if it's Rabbanon were less stringent. That works in the case of Sasha who were performing Meta. But in terms of accessibility, we might say the opposite. Because we want more people to be able to do Shema than to feel like it's historizer. And therefore, oh, that's very interesting. Okay. Quincy, very interesting. Sorry. Yeah, Ari. What did you say about um, those seeing others? Okay, what we said so far was. We, we didn't limit this to being Motsi others. Okay, even though Saul wanted to read the Gemara that way. We were saying this whole conversation about doing it yourself. Just as an aside, when Saul asked this question, I pointed out that regarding the Amidah, we really want everyone to say it themselves. There's a sense that it's more individualized endeavor. But if you're an Enobaki, what can we do? We'll allow the Enobaki to rely on Chazar Rishatz. Okay, that's a good question, but we're going to for now. We have not really addressed the Chazar Rashad's as the one who's had the, the wine. We have not addressed that at this point. Yeah. I'm not super convinced that um, you actually don't need that much Kamana during Brachos. I, I, first of all, I just like remembered that being a thing. And then so I looked up, like, the, the Shulchan Aruch says that, you know, you need to be thinking about it. If you're not thinking about Hashem's kindness, you know, you're causing an- anger to Hashem, whatever that means. And then we have, like, a there's Yushalmi that says, like, you can't be doing anything else while you're, you know, making a bracha. It really seems like you actually... Okay, that's interesting. No, that would be an interesting study. All the sources... Okay, but just to back, back up the Ramban a little bit. Can we go back to the Ramban, guys? Right after he said, Kimidab Rufnamel. Okay, see what it is? Yeah, when I have that? So he's going to try to... Obviously, just like I say, like a Tanakh, you know, Noam Psukim helps you prove your case. So obviously, no Gemara helps you prove your Talmudic case. Isaac Verka, are you having a good time? Okay, excellent. Here we go. Umatsinu b'chol makom lekavana chamir din tefila mikriyachma. So again, you really have to know Shas to say this. What does the Rambam want to claim? If we go through Shas, what do we discover as a pattern? That we are more stringent about tefila than shema. Look at his example. Kedamer bekula mechilkin gabe she'ain dato miyushevet uba min haderech umeitzar dekulon leinian kriyachma korin umuvarchen amazon v'chol berchod kulan. 
Ah, that's very interesting. What is it again? Now, uh, this is especially for Shana Ben, because you learned Brachot more recently than I have. He seems to see what's a, say, what's a running theme? Don't daven if. What would it mean, guys? Ain dato miyushevet? You're not settled, right? Like a yeshuv is a settlement. Ain dato miyushevet. And what are some examples he has here? Bam in haderech. What seems to be the idea? I think a lot of us are like this. You just got home off the train. You're still kind of a little frazzled. You're not settled yet. So don't go straight from off the train to Mincha. Right? Have some kind of break till you can get your act together. So, but what does he claim? We seem to see that on a running basis regarding Tefillah. We do not seem to ever encounter that theme regarding Kriyachma and Brachot. So it sounds like I got home from work and I'm a little frazzled, right? It took a long time. There was a lot of rain on Kvishi Shim. But, so I shouldn't daven right away. But if I'm really hungry and I go straight to the kitchen, you know, and grab some dinner, okay, it's a, I, I, I do my uncouth move and just, you know, with my hand take a piece of kugel, right? But uh, apparently, maybe the problem is that it's uncouth, but it's not a problem that I didn't wait till I'm settled to make a bracha. That seems to be a feel of him. So I'm not saying no question is a bad question, but you really have to s- check it out. He seems to think that the normal pattern in Shas is that we're stricter about tefillah. Even if we were stricter, that doesn't mean... Okay, that's fair. That doesn't mean it's a free-for-own bracha. That's a very 4.0. Yeah. I'm not focused, though, because we want to sell it What about mincha? Okay. Ah. Okay. It's very good. You're right. It's good because sometimes you have an answer, you feel, ah, did that really answer the question? Tell so, me an answer and just like, that's it, the question's gone. Okay, so thanks for providing that opportunity. Well, he said there's another tension here about trying to be so much Google with Fila. Yeah, but I just pointed out that for Mincha, that's a non starter. But you only say Shema when it's from Azra, so we're allowed to No, but he's making a question like, if you have Shema's allowed and Shema's is not allowed, how does that play out in terms of Google with Fila? I think that's what he was asking. Like, let's say I say, oh, I'm still frazzled from my bus ride. And it's 8 o'clock at night. I could say Shema now, but I can't yet say the Amidah. So he's asking, how would that play out in a world where I'm trying to accomplish Gulu Tefillah? But isn't it so dangerous to allow, to allow like, to be drunk during Shema? And he, besides Shema Amidah, you're saying Shema Amidah, you're saying Shema Amidah, you can't be drunk during Shema Amidah. So unless you, like, sober up really quickly. Okay, so I will just point out, first of all, for Mincha, it's not really relevant. But second of all, some people think, oh, two minutes, only a few minutes left. Some people think that Gulu Tefillah is only an issue in the morning and not at night. You guys look that possibility? Yeah. Notice, it's really pretty noticeable, actually, right? What do we do every chakras? Right after the words Gal Yisrael, the next thing is the Amidah. So clearly in the morning, we're really zealous about it. Mar, we don't seem particularly zealous, right? You say at least two things in the middle, and if you're Ashkenazi and Flipsarts, maybe even three. Okay, you say, everybody says Hashti Venu, right? Everybody says Hachatzi Kaddish. Uh, I don't know if you ever noticed it, but notice, isn't that a striking difference? At Mar, you have a Hachatzi Kaddish, at Shachris. Why well, have a Go straight from Gal Yisrael to the Amidah. And if you're in Chutzlar, you might even have the minute to say this really long paragraph, Baruch Shem Olam, Amen Amen. It is one of the four best reasons to make Aliyah. You can stop saying that paragraph. And I'll tell you guys, this is funny. I, I bet this is true for almost everybody. You guys, check this out with your relatives who made Aliyah. After you made Aliyah, you stop saying it. 
Now you're visiting your family in Chutzlarts. You just can't go back. Okay, once you drop a Yomi Mamin, there's no returning. Okay, but check it out. Maybe there are people who are further than me who do say it. I admit, when I'm in Chutzlarts from Arv, I just skip it again. Okay, there's just no going back. Mordechai, do you say it when you're in Chutzlarts? Yeah, but I didn't grow up with it. Oh, that's true. That's true. Okay, last two comments quickly. Yeah. Um, does this apply, uh, apply to also giving praise, like for example, like the Lowish Shabbat or the Sinai, like if you bring in or something like that? Uh, well. Oh, that's very interesting what you just said. I also like the fact that you equated Kabbalah Shabbat with singing at a Fabrik. I'm saying, like, no, there is. It, no, like, what Caleb asked is very interesting because, like, on the one hand, Kabbalah Shabbat doesn't really have halachic status. In fact, you ever notice that in some communities, the Chazan stands at the beamer for Kabbalah Shabbat, but in the front for Marv? You ever notice that? The communities that do that, that's exactly the point. What are they trying to show? This is not the real tefillah. Right, this is something else. It's a beautiful minog, but it's not really. So it's an interesting question. But I'm saying like you might be particularly lenient there because you're not really fulfilling a halakhic requirement on any level. Yeah. If we're hoping that a, like um, the opening while the drums is like uh, like or it's like mm-hmm. uh, what was that word? Uh, Gidufin. Gidufin, yeah. Um, like, is the idea that, like, you just wouldn't daven if you're drunk? Like, if, like, it's almost like past time for me to be able to daven more. Yeah, again, exactly. If, it, if it's perm night, and you turn to your peer or your rebbe and you say, I'm drunk, but I, I guess question, would you be able to still say this? Yeah, I guess so. Saying, but I, I'm wondering if, uh, given my current state, if I should daven Marv. Right? He might say to you, no, giving you, hello again, if you could ask that question, that's a pretty good sign. But I think he might still say to you, no, you know, wait a couple hours, and when you wake up feeling better, you know, at 12 o'clock at night, you'll have Marv then. Well, like, you're holding up uh, Mara that, like, you're, like, not supposed to be able to tell the difference between, like, Mara and Hala, right? Like, All right. A lot of interpretation is what that means. Okay. Okay. Like, the Raman thing, that means you go to sleep, right? Yeah. Right? So, all right. So, you might say, go to sleep and, you know, set your alarm for 2 in the morning. You'll wake up and say, Marv, and go back to bed. Okay, yeah. Um, if that is the case where you would need to, like, wait until, like, a different time, so you're less of a to say, like, whatever it is. Let's say it's Mimcha, right? And by the time you're not drunk, it's, like, the same Mimcha. Can you say Mara twice at that point, or is that, like... Well, again, I would say, let, let's say his question. Wouldn't it be, depend whether you're Shatoy or Shikar? It seems to me, what would be the Psak if you're Shatoy? It's Bidyeved, and we say Bidyeved. You could daven, so daven mincha. If you're shikar, it sounds like it's pointless to daven mincha. Because how do we view a shikar as davening? As a tueva. Right, so you're not accomplishing anything by davening as a shikar. All right, so would it be fair to Rabini? So, absolutely, last question. Oh, so there's like extreme exhaustion. That's a very good question. I'm not first right now. All right, guys, even though as much as I'd like to do a review, I'm going to be fair to Rabini. We're in here. Everybody have a great job.